Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome back to Reading Isn't for Kids, a book club podcast where two grown adults read children's chapter books and sometimes comics. My name is Austin. And my name is Anna. And today we read uh, something a little different. We didn't read out of our current rotation of books because I found something at Goodwill that I was uh, shocked and appalled by that I we had to read. Um, it's called Hitler's Daughter by Jackie French. Now, uh, this is a scholastic book. It was sold alongside Goosebumps yep. and Junie B. Jones. Yeah, it is. It definitely is written at a children's le- reading level. Uh, some of the content's not at children's reading level. <laughs> uh, no. uh, it was written in 1999. Uh, it is uh, set in Australia. I don't know if uh, the author's from Australia. I've never heard of this person, so uh, I don't know if they're from Australia or they just decided to place it there, which would be strange. Uh, I'm not sure what time period it's supposed to be placed in either. I think in like the late 90s, because they talked about have, like, having like TV and... Yeah, and I mean, it was it was written in 1999, but it it was first published in 2004. So this was like, this was post 9-11, this was post, you know, that like, you know, any societal changes that occurred because of that, which um, is always strange that like that blip in American society right there that, that you know, affected everything. Um, but uh, yeah, so I got this. I wasn't sure what it is. This book starts out with the main character, Mark. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, it's Mark. And he's at the bus stop with three other people. Yep. Anna, little Tracy, who I'm assuming is a few years younger than them. Yes, I, I think so. And we never get Mark's age. No, they never, yeah, they never really established. I think grade school. They're in grade school. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then Ben. Yes. Uh, I just want to state I f- dislike Ben uh, a lot. Ben is very annoying, yes. Ben is not just annoying. He is problematic. Let's be honest. <laughs> true. That's, that um, is true. So it goes on. They like have this game they play when it's rainy. Uh, where they like each day, they, each day it's rainy. They take a turn telling a story. Um, because w- when little Tracy started riding the bus, she was scared. So uh, uh, Anna and Mark decided that they would make her feel comfortable by telling a story. Mm-hmm. And they all take turns, but Anna never t- takes a turn. 
Yeah. Well, Anna never picks who the story is about. Anna makes up the stories and the other people tell her what they want the story to be about. Yes. So she's just an improv queen. Yes. Um, and so like <laughs> Tracy's like, oh, I want it to be like about fairies or like magic goldfish. And Ben's like, shut up. Like if fairies are- aren't real. And I'm like, oh, all right. He's like, fairies aren't real. That's what a boring, like such a boring story. And then Anna is like, she's like, oh, I want to pick who it is. And they're like, um, no, you never get to pick who it is. Like, you just tell the story. And she's like, but I want to. She's like, then it's my turn because I've never picked before. She's like, I want the story to be about Hitler's daughter. And that's in the second page. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Ben's out of like, nowhere, they're like yeah. talking goofy, like li- normal little kid stuff. And she's like, no, I want, I would like to speak about Hitler. Please. And Ben's like, oh, Hitler's cool. And I was like. That was my first sign where I was like, all right. <laughs> I don't think he meant like Hitler is cool. I think he meant like World War II was cool. Um, but still a weird sentence to read in a child children's book. Yes. Is um, Hitler's cool. And uh, I, I think just wanna... he meant like interesting, not cool, but like, of course. Uh, yeah. And then the rest of the book, I just was like, Ben is not there. That is the last time we hear from Ben until like the last like three pages. Yeah, Ben gets ill. I I wonder if there was more Ben and he was like a Nazi sympathizer or something. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe like they were like trying to like, the author was like, oh, Ben um, is going to, you know, he's going to like, you know, have counterpoints, like play devil's advocate. Um, Not necessarily for like the bad things Hitler did, but like, oh, maybe he, you know, playing devil's advocate, like, oh, he had good intentions or or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because like, He's just gone. <laughs> yeah, and it's very sudden. It's just like, oh, Ben's sick. Yeah, and then when they like eventually, and sometimes randomly they'll just be, Mark will be like, oh, Ben's still sick. And it's like, it makes it feel like it was like cut and pasted into the document. Like yeah. they were like retconning shit. I, again, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's just. Yeah, I've never heard of this book in my life. Um, And it, it won awards. Like it won an award in Australia. So it's like not. It was like a popular book, assuming. I don't know how the Australian Book of the Year Award goes. Uh, book of the Year. I don't know, man. Um. Anyway, she's telling a story about Hitler's daughter, and they're all like, well, Hitler never had a daughter. Um, and she's like, yeah, cause, uh, because she had like a giant birthmark and a limp, so he hid her away. Um, because like Hitler would round up people like that and murder them. You know what I mean? Or put them in work camps or, or whatever. Uh, whatever horrible thing that he decided to do that day. <laughs> and uh, uh, and Mark was like, Mark states the obvious, right? He's like, well, that seems like weird. Why would he do that if he was like making everyone else do that? And Anna's like, well, you know, it was his daughter though. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, like, jumps back and forth from, like, them telling the story to Mark going to school and just, like, obsessing over this story. Yeah, no, he's, like, he's, like, morally disturbed by this story. He's, like, he's, like, first of all, extremely bothered that they would even, he feels like it's completely, it feels wrong to make up a story about, uh, like, make up a fake story about a fake person based off of, a historical event that was so serious. And then he keeps hopping into these moral questions like, uh, like, uh, well, if my dad was Hitler, 
would I agree with him? And like, would I be would I be a bad person too, just because my dad was? Mm-hmm. He's like, am I a bad person? Would I be a bad person if my dad was a bad person? And like, would my parents still love me if I was a bad person? And like, he's having all these moral dilemmas, and Anna's just like telling this story. We don't get Anna's point of view, but like, he keeps Mark keeps describing her as being distraught and like also disturbed. Yes, like um, like she's upset that she is telling the story also. But it's like. I feels like Anna obviously wants to get this off her chest, whatever, whatever the story is, mm-hmm. like whether she's making it up or whatever. Um, and the first time, uh, and it, it's a lot of just like going through this little girl's life. Like she does, she talks to Hitler like three times or something in the book. Yeah, it starts off with just like, oh yeah, she eats bread rolls and and go does her lessons and talks to the nannies and she has like one nanny that's basically her surrogate mother. Um. And that's it. That's the only person she talks to. And then, um, and the book does a pretty decent job at like making me not know like how old this girl is, like how much time has passed because mm-hmm. she's just like locked in a house and not allowed to go outside or anything. And like the guards aren't allowed to talk to her or anything. Yeah. And like, uh, his daughter, they named her Heidi, by the way. Um, they named her Heidi and, Actually, I think Anna picked out that name also, didn't she? Yeah, Anna did pick out that. She picked out, pretty sure she picked out the name Heidi. Because um, she didn't say a name, and then little Tracy asked what her name was. Um, so so they're going back and forth, um, you know, talking about Hitler's daughter. And uh, Mark the whole time is like, well, how did she not know he was doing bad stuff? And they're like, she didn't know anything. She was... Mm-hmm. In a room, not allowed to look at the news, not allowed to read any books that weren't, you know, given to her. Yeah. Weren't propaganda, pretty much. Like, she was allowed to le- read, like, Mein Kampf, and that was it. Um, they don't state Mein Kampf, but they imply that that's what she's reading. Um, and then, like, the only toys that they give her is dolls. Blonde dolls, specifically. Yes. And she doesn't have blonde hair. I don't think they... They don't describe no, her has, with blonde she hair. She has... Uh, she has brown hair. She has dark brown hair. And she's short. Yeah. And um, she doesn't call him father. She calls him Duffy. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure what that word means. Is it, I don't know if it's like a German word or something. Possibly. Um, yeah. I, there, I don't see anything on the internet <laughs> that is telling me what Duffy means. So it must just be like the word of endearment that... Freida Heinberg, I think her name was or something. Uh, which was the nanny has bestowed upon this person um, because uh, Hitler doesn't like being called father. Yeah. We kind of see through Heidi's perspective, her nanny uh, being indoctrinated, you know, to this fascist regime um, and then slowly being, slowly realizing it and being like pushed, like, breaking out of this fascist fascist regime um in the form of like oh she keeps reading letters and crying and talking about how like her family members are dying or whatever mm-hmm. um well because there's there's actually two nannies one is like oh her brother got sent to the russian front lines and was going to be killed pretty much yeah. and then the other one uh had a younger sister with an intellectual uh disability that was sent away to some sort of home 
So she was told, and then a few months later, when she went to visit her, there were, they informed her that her sister was no, not there. Like she died. Like she had died. Um, and uh, I don't. So I I learned a lot about World War II when I was younger. I was really interested in that war and the aspects of it, but I didn't. I was more about like the battles uh, of what you know what happened and um, what like on what happened with uh, with Japan. I, I was more focused on that stuff. I never really got into the in depths of like what Hitler uh, necessarily did. Like I always knew that he did terrible things, but I didn't know he had like uh, like homes or hospitals he would send people to. Um, and uh, after after I played through the the newer Wolfenstein games. Now, obviously, those are slightly different <laughs> than actual history was. Yeah, they're dramatized. Um, but there's like a scene, I think it's in the first game, where the main character gets a head wound and he's sent to one of those homes. And he is like able to see but not, he's nonverbal uh, in the cutscene. And this is kind of a spoiler for that game, but it, it's like in the first hour. Um, I think it's the first one. It's the first or second one, whatever. Um, and he like is shown witness to like um, them killing those kind of people or like doing experiments on them to try and quote quote fix them. Um, uh, so I don't know if that's what they're referencing in that scene. Uh, definitely, because yeah. you're you're more well versed in that side of history. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to take over from that, so I don't say something wrong. No, or... no, that was totally completely accurate. That that. You know, and, and, you know, this little girl is being starting to become exposed to those sort of things, but doesn't really believe that isn't really making the connection that her that her that Hitler is behind it. And eventually, uh, you know, she starts to as the war kind of ramps up near near the end of. Uh, the German battles, they end up moving to like a countryside house. Um, and she gets a new nanny. She still has the main nanny, but mm -hmm. she gets a, another, a different second one. Mm -hmm. And it's like a middle-aged uh, woman that lives. Farm wife. Farm yeah. wife who is gossipy. And she said she, she could say half as much and she'd still talk too much. That was one of the lines in the book. Yeah. Um, and she's like tell it tells tells her this like I'm assuming like ten year old. Uh, I think she, I think it said on the, around her thirteenth birthday. Did it? Yeah. Um, just telling her all the gossip of the neighbors, and she gets real into Jewish hate <laughs> at one point. Oh yeah, like anti-Semitic. Like she's like, oh, I found out that my my neighbor was Jewish and that he was harboring, you know, his sister and her husband and. You know, like how good for us, you know, we got rid of them. And uh, there was a there was a, a Jewish tailor or something. I don't remember what word they said yeah. in the village, but thankfully that's gone. And I never went in because my husband would never let me interact with any Jewish people. And they didn't say Jewish people. They said they said Jews. Yeah. Like they they straight up said that. Um, and then it goes on talking how there was like the Salmonsons were also a family, but no one knows what's happened to them. Mm hmm. Uh, and then it cuts back to Mark and Mark is again having an existential crisis rightly so it sounds like he's never thought about this stuff and he seems like a smart kid mm -hmm. like he seems emotionally aware of himself mm -hmm. but he's trying to parse it through and he brings it up to his dad 
and his dad doesn't know how to handle it because I don't honestly blame the dad a little bit because it's like, how do you explain that? Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, what if, um, like, what if we disagreed on something? Would you stop talking to me? And he's like, oh, I hope we would always be able to talk to each other if we disagreed on something. And then he's like, okay, well, what if I took a chainsaw and cut up a bunch of people and murdered them? Would you still love me? Direct line, basically. Yeah. yeah. And hey. his dad's like, um, well, I feel sorry for you and your victims. Um, and I guess we would still love you in a way. And he goes, he's like, he said, I would probably love you in a different way, but not like maybe not the same. And, and Mark's like, would you call the police? He's like, well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, and he's like, um, yeah, I, I'd call the police and all that stuff. And um, I'd also, which is a weird heavy line they threw. He's like, I would wonder what, how me and your mother failed you. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> woof. <laughs> yeah, I don't, totally like Mark is doing his own thing right now. It's like, it's so jarring for like, almost almost jarring from the rest of the book like it still relates somehow but he's like he's going through it emotionally he's like figuring out his moral compass and like it's very strange and um then uh, later on uh he after some more flashing for back to the story and back and forth we've already went over what happened there he talks with his mother and his mother does an even worse job <laughs> yeah um she's like it's too early for these questions and like uh, she's not necessarily being mean, but d very dismissive. Dismissive and um, almost like silly. Like how goofy of you to even think this way. Like it, it was unfathomable to her that like either her or her son could be bad people. And like she and she's like she's like I don't even think about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to him, and he's like, I want to read it. I want to read what he says because it made it made me feel sad. What he says. Uh, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, so this is after his mom tells him that, like, we don't have time for this and we're going to be late. Eat your porridge. <laughs> uh, we don't call it porridge in the U.S., so <laughs> I think it's oatmeal is what they're talking about. oatmeal or hot cereal. Yeah. Uh, he, this is from Marx. He says, he wondered what it would be like to have a mom who loved answering questions, a mom who really liked thinking about things. That's a really good question, Mark. The imaginary mom would say, my first reaction to say, mind your own business, but that's the wrong answer, isn't it? it, it is it? Asked mom, asked Mark in his mind. The imaginary mom would nod. It's what I do all the time. All the time, she said slowly. Turn off the TV and avoid arguments with people who want to discuss everything and sign petitions and things, but, and she'd shake her head. That's what people in Germany did, didn't they? And it, go, it goes on, but another like paragraph of him just like, spiraling from her dismissing him and it made me feel bad as a dad that like um like she like fucked up like that was the wrong way to handle that situation. yeah definitely um because he's just like filling in the blanks of things that he thinks his <laughs> mom might say to him and it's no just, he you know, wishes she'd say to him. yeah right like sh he feels uh, it's he's feeling neglected i mean i don't think she's trying to be neglectful but it is yeah, it's it's something that was hitting his emotions really hard, and she kind of just was like, "That's silly," and moved on. And he's like, "No, this is serious. Please help me." And uh, I I don't I just don't think because I mean, and then afterwards she says, uh, "She asked if he's okay," and she says, "Look, ask me questions when I'm not so rushed, okay?" Um, so like she she realizes like, "Oh, uh, I've oopsed." Yeah. 
But at the beginning of the book, Mark did mention that his mom is constantly in a rush because she's trying to be early to everything. Yeah. Um, and then in a few pages before that, he walks in and the radio is talking about hundreds, thousands of people dying or something. Yeah. I don't know what, what event they're referencing. I'm um, not very familiar with Australian history or what was going on or during Or even that if time like period. they're referencing like something in the Middle East, because I know like America has been fucking up the Middle East for decades. So yeah. I don't know if they're referencing that. Um, or if it was something, you know, Russia did because Russia's always doing stuff right. just like we're always doing stuff. So, um, I, I don't know. Cause like, I mean, honestly that stuff has happened always and like, there's always bad things happening like that. So, um, which is bad, but I don't know. Cause he hears that and he takes that to heart too. So this kid is just like run through the gutter <laughs> of his four little emotions. And I feel bad. I just want to like give him a hug and be like, it's okay. We can talk about it. What, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. I'll listen. <laughs> and I will answer your questions. <laughs> um, and then uh, cuts back to um, Heidi. Yes. And so the war is just continuing with Heidi and uh, she's getting like less and less luxuries, you know. Uh, their rations are getting smaller and smaller and she's noticing that the the one maid is you know taking a handful of flour and stuffing it in her pocket every day or mm -hmm. taking an extra egg and putting it in her pocket or whatever some butter and you know she doesn't say anything because she's like oh man things must be getting pretty bad out there yeah heidi is like not complaining she's not a bad she's not annoying she's very she has a lot of compassion and which is obviously strange coming from you know supposedly the man who is her father right um but she wasn't raised by him she was raised by these like granted they were corrupted by fascism but they weren't a lot of them weren't bad people mm -hmm. like that second nanny was a bad person like she was anti-semitic she was racist like she was a bad person for sure um, but she didn't push that stuff on her really, except that one time. She really just talked about like, like oh, rabbits and and chickens and and this like is this is how you cook food. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a baby goat, and I named her after you. Um, stuff like that, and uh, she like yeah, because she let Heidi help her, mm -hmm. which no one would do. Yes, Heidi wasn't not like not she wouldn't do chores and like the second nanny was letting her do chores around the house. Cause I'm assuming she had her own children who were farm kids who are used to doing chores constantly. Um, and Heidi didn't complain about it. She was actually like grateful to be doing something, which I totally get. Eventually in like the middle of the night, um, Hitler pays her a visit. Mm hmm. Doesn't go directly to her, makes them drive to him. Yes. Yeah. And then, she gets out of the car, goes into his car, so nobody can see them together, really. Yeah. And then he chats, and he's just like, how's it going? All right. Cool. Be a good girl. And then at one point, he like starts to lose his fucking mind and realizes that she's there. Yeah. He's like, goes on like a fucking rant. Um, and I think that's where she like realizes that she's like, oh... Yeah, he's not great. And then uh, he's like, oh, okay, well, see you next time. And, like, she gets out of the car and he leaves. And then they go back. And then 
um, it cuts back to Mark, and he's still having an existential crisis. This book is over, like, I want to say a couple, like, a, like a 10 days or something. Like a week or something yeah. like that. Um, and it cuts back to him, and then he asks his history teacher <laughs> these questions. And his history teacher's, like, struggling to answer these questions. Yeah, and he's like, is everything okay at home, Mark? He's like, is, is everything good at, with you? And he's like, and then Mark like realizes that it's sounding like his parents are like abusing him. And he's like, no, 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 no. And that kind of like pushes Mark to stop questioning. Um, and I'm not saying the teacher did anything wrong. Right. Um, the teacher was trying to answer his questions, but like it is, a, is questions his parents need to answer. It's not the teacher's job to parent this kid. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, so he's like, oh, why don't you talk to the father on Sunday? Like, just like pushing into the next person. Yeah, like, no, I don't, I'm not religious. I don't know if it'd be good to speak with a a religious leader about that. You can speak with religious leaders on any kind of moral questions you have. Would that be helpful? I mean, it can be. Yeah. I've, I've spoken to pastors and preachers and fathers, but it's never been in that capacity. It's just been like, I've seen them out in public and I've been like, oh, hello. And they know me because like. In the town I grew up in, they were a big part of the community. Even if you weren't a part of the church, they were still very kind to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I knew them from, like, I worked at the grocery store. So, like, you know, I helped check them out and carry the groceries and stuff. So, that's my only, and, you know, they would never be preachy to me. So, mm-hmm. it was just, like, a normal customer transaction. So, that's my knowledge of religious leaders. So, I don't know if it's good to go to them with those questions. No, yeah, it can be. Um, but, uh then we cut back to Heidi and abruptly again. yeah abruptly and this is where shit starts to get really <laughs> oh my god it it takes a nosedive um all of a sudden like they're hearing bombs uh go off and then in the middle of the night she's woken up again and they're taken into i think into Berlin mm-hmm. and they're living in a bunker and they're like locked in a bunker and for like a week or two, or weeks it must be, and uh, the the nanny is like saving their portion of bread every day. Not She's the like, mom nanny, the the older one, the older nanny, right? Yes. It wasn't the like gossipy one. It was the one that was like becoming distant from yes. her. Yes. Uh, yeah, she's saving bread. Go she's on. She's saving bread and like saying, "Oh no, we shouldn't eat this. We need to save it for later." And so they're eating like cold soup, like teeny like old sausage portions and like she's like Heidi's like her favorite game and she's like it not even because like it was fun she would put her hands against the bunker walls and feel the shaking of the bombs and planes above her because that was the only thing she could do until her hands started to tingle and she'd stop uh, and then after a, you know a quite a while of doing that um, she wakes up after being like held during the night by the nanny which she hadn't done in a while i think she said yeah um she woke up and she was gone the and, nanny was gone yeah and she wasn't mad or disappointed or even surprised she's like she's makes like, sense yeah she's like all right she's definitely gone to go be with her family and she's like well now i don't have anybody she's like i am alone now and do i even exist that's what heidi says am i even real yeah because the only person who acknowledges me is gone and she said she even leaves the door open and they bring the same amount of, like, food. Like, there is two people there. They don't even yeah. notice. And nor do they care, really. So Heidi, like, has to learn how to use the stove to heat up her, mm-hmm. like, drop of soup. And then 
Yeah. She, uh, and then she like hears her, she hears, she hears Hitler talk, yes, like screaming. Like screaming. I think, I think it was referencing that like classic scene we see in movies where Hitler is like standing at a table fucking losing his mind. Yeah. I can't remember what movie it's in. Inglorious Bastards. Is that I what think, it's in? I, think, I don't know if. Where he's like screaming at the table or because he's I think there's the other war. movies that have a scene like that. Oh, definitely. It's, 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 that's the moment where he realizes he's lost the war mm-hmm. and he is ready to shoot himself at everybody in the room. Uh, and they talk about, Mark talks about, before this scene, talks about Hitler, how he killed himself and so did his like wife at the time, which is heavy to be in this book. Suicide? Yeah. Like, I know it's Hitler and like bad person and like they should learn that, but it's weird being in a children's no, book, a yeah. novel. Like that's something in a textbook. Because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, in middle school and grade school, them saying like, oh, at the end of the war, we didn't end up, you know, because they wanted to try Hitler for his crimes. We found, they found him dead. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, we believe it was suicide. <laughs> yeah. So um, Heidi goes up there because she hears her dad, you know, go up there screaming. And she's like, she walks in the room and she's like, hey, dad, like, is everything okay? And he whoops around and he's like, and the guard's like, uh, dad, what are you even talking about? And Hitler's like, I've never seen that girl in my life. Like, get her the fuck out of here. Why is she here? Yeah, right. Why And she... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and her heart is... Like, I could just... I could just feel like it, it broke. Yeah, she was crushed. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely alone in this world. Like, there's nobody nobody out there for me. And uh, the guard, who is being very nice to her, yeah, takes her and leads her into Berlin. And they go through... She's describing, like, the city is, like destroyed because this is when the russians were it was like i think it was uh russia and america the americans were were storming berlin from different angles mm-hmm. um and i'm assuming the uk was there too but yeah i know that the, there was a lot of a lot of russian soldiers specifically yes and you know she's like describing how like she's hearing bombs all around her she smells blood <laughs> yeah she's like it's dusty and dirty and the guard was carrying her suitcase and, you know, he's chatting with her, like, you know, like making, rubbing her head, trying yeah, to make her feel better. Making small talk, just trying to like get her out of here, get her to a safe place. And all of a sudden she's like, there was a loud noise and like an explosion. And she turns and this guy's arms are ripped off by a bomb. He's still holding onto her suitcase. I, I think it's implied that he like covered, like yeah. he protected her. Right. Um, and like they talk about like blood, like they said there was red pumping out of him. Yep. And, and his said, eyes were open. She's like, she's like, I, she was shocked to see that his bones were still white, even though they were covered in blood and like. Which is something that I've read in like, like war novels where they're like, yeah, the bones are still white. And I, it is horrifying for some. Yeah. I don't and know so if it's just like, science, but. She's like, he, uh, she's trying to pry her suitcase out of his hand oh. <laughs> and she's like running and bombs are going off around her. There's tanks everywhere. A tank explodes in front of her. The street collapsed underneath of her. And she's like trapped. She's like crawling. She's desperate trying to get out. And then like some random lady uh, like sees her and grabs her. And she's like, where's your parents? Like, we need to get you safe. And she's like, I don't have parents. And she's like, she's like, okay, well, we'll help you. We're going to, you know. Uh, we're gonna go over to the American side, and and we're gonna we're gonna get we, you. They're we need like, to stay away from the Russians. The Russians yeah. are killing people. 
she's like a and the boy's like yeah like they killed my sister and she's he's holding a baby too yeah um and there was a dad there too i think wasn't there um they he had a dad but he wasn't there he was missing mm-hmm. um but yeah the, she, the, he his older sister which was she said he was killed was by helga was killed by the russians yeah um and he said like this kid that was like four years younger than was holding a baby yeah <laughs> i'm assuming his sibling and she goes oh what's your name sweetie and she goes um heidi mm-hmm. and she goes what's your last name and then she doesn't yeah she's like uh no it's just know. heidi <laughs> and she goes oh my name is um i think joanne salmonson yeah. and i was like what nice callback book yeah. <laughs> good job <laughs> and so uh they get over to the american side and i think they do find the father like he was already there yes. or something yeah uh, and then they're all reunited and, and they, then and then and it's like, all right, that's the end of the story. And everybody's like, that can't be the what? end of the story. <laughs> like, what happens to her after that? And she's like, oh, no, they go to Australia. And they're like, where we live? And she's like, yep. Yeah, they, they say that it's her daughter. They change, They say it's their daughter, Helga. Mm-hmm. They, like, forge her papers. Um, and I just don't think that the Americans, they were just like, sure. like <laughs> Yeah, like, whatever. Refugee, get out of here. Which like, which just, actually was very common that people like Jewish people and people mm-hmm. refugees were taking dead people's papers and escaping the country with them. Because um, I I don't necessarily know that that's right, but I don't think like you know like a right morally thing to do. But I don't blame them, you know. And like the obviously the American soldiers didn't care. Right. They didn't want to be there either. So right. So uh, they were just like, oh, there's children. We need to get them out of fire. <laughs> and then this is where Ben comes back. Oh, God, Ben. Ben starts saying Sig Hale. Yeah, he does. He was like, he's like, oh, well, if she moved to Australia, then that'd be super cool because she had kids. And imagine if our teachers were Hitler's grandchildren, they'd make us all say, say Sig Hale. Super insensitive, Ben. And no one's laughing either. Oh, yeah. He's just like going on about how cool it would be to like know people who were related to Hitler. And so uh, Mark... Like, they get on the bus, and Mark's, like, quietly asking Anna more questions about it. And he's like, well, you know, this and that and this and that. And Anna's like, he's like, well, you know, wouldn't she, like, need to get it off her chest? Wouldn't she need to tell somebody? And and this is where it gets really weird with Anna. Mm -hmm. Because she's like, well, she would have only told one person, and that would be her granddaughter. On her deathbed. On her deathbed. Like, she just needed to tell someone. And she told, she told her. And then that person needed to tell someone. <laughs> and Anna just goes silent and looks out the window, and the book ends. And, well, and, Mark does say he, he does say first. He says, he says, "I'm sorry, Anna." And Anna just kind of like nods. And Mark's like, "I don't know why I said sorry, but I felt like I needed to." <laughs> yeah, and she's just like somber, stone faced, out the window, and then the book ends. Mm-hmm. So, so she's so she's Hitler's great 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 granddaughter. Yes, yeah, that's what the book was implying. Yeah, um, which makes the back of the book make sense because the back of the book doesn't make sense until you reach that like final page where she's like, "Oh yeah, definitely." Should I read it? Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you can read it. Um, something was wrong. Unfinished. It ate at Mark all the way through school. It was Anna's story, of course. 
That's what was wrong. She wasn't telling it properly, not like it should be told. Because somehow Mark knew that the story was there in Anna's mind. She shouldn't have let them butt in. It was almost almost like she didn't want to tell it at all. It shouldn't have mattered, of course. It was just out of one of Anna's stories, like the one about the goldfish that swam to Tasmania. Tasmania? Uh, swam to Tasmania. I've never seen that word spelled out. Give me a break. Uh, but remember, but, uh, but somehow Heidi had become real. No, she wasn't real. Not yet. It was as though she might be real if Anna just told them more. And suddenly Mark wanted more than anything to know more. And because once they finish the story and he realizes how upset Vaughn is, he gets over it. Like he, he realizes that. That like his <laughs> morality is like that thought that like maybe what if I was related to a bad person isn't as heavy as knowing you are related to a horrible person. And it kind of answered his question. Yeah. Like, are you a bad person for being related to a bad person? Because Anna isn't. Her mother and father is a doctor and a teacher. And her grandmother grandmother became a doctor or whatever she said. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so like, and they were all good people. Mm-hmm. Like, he, she knew her since she was a kid and they've been friends and they've always been kind to each other. So like, it doesn't matter where you're from, basically. Yeah. Which kind of ties back into like, all of the anti-Semitic stuff that are like, it doesn't matter where you're from. Mm-hmm. It's who you are as a person. Um, I genuinely liked the story. I, I'm sorry if you didn't. But Oh no, it's, I didn't know how to feel about it. And I didn't know, I going into it, it's, it's, I didn't, I really didn't know what to expect out of the book. Um, yeah. I, because I, like, I posted a picture to our Discord. Yes. And uh, so if you want to go look at the cover is is insane. Yeah, it it's very like misleading. Like it doesn't look like anything about what happens in the book. I wish there was like an about the author section because a lot of like I feel like a lot of even like American nonfiction children's books don't go this heavily into like like disturbing parts of history because uh, America is very good at hiding history. It appears that the author was born in Sydney, grew up in Brisbane. Uh, I think she's still alive. Yeah, she's 68 years old. She lives in Sydney. Uh, she's dyslexic, apparently. Mm. Uh, but like a lot of her novels are like that. Like what here? Like I'll read. I'll read some titles off to you. Again, I don't know much about these, but uh, the Legend of the Lost Lilies, Nanberry, Black Brother White, Flood, Fire, the Fire Wombat, uh, Tom Appleboy, Con- Convict Boy, Pennies for Hitler. Here's another one. A uh, Waltz for Matilda. Um, it seems like she's a pretty here's refugee. Uh, seems like she's a pretty heavy author. America tends to sugarcoat and and erase a lot of horrible parts of history just to make things easier and more pleasant and and sunshine and roses for everybody. So I'm not sure how other education systems are at doing that. Apparently. <laughs> Not as much as not as much as America. Clearly, every, every war that we've been in 
we've been the good guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't learn about, like, Vietnam truly until I went to college. Mm -hmm. And I had someone who, he was around during that time. Uh, Not old enough to go, I don't believe, but he was, you know, he was an older man. But, like, I don't know if he was old enough to go. But he was like, oh, no, it, we weren't, I mean, we didn't, like, go in there and we weren't evil, but it wasn't for good reasons. Like, it was not, you know, Vietnam was not a good thing we did. Right. Uh, and, and unfortunately, a lot of American education doesn't touch on, like, the uh, almost any of the bad parts of history until you reach a high school age. And then they don't even touch about the bad things Americans have done in history until you reach no. a college level. Like, when I was in high school, they touched on the Trail of Tears and like stuff about Native Americans are and like the other indigenous people of the states. And, uh, you know, we kind of, it was like a chapter. Like it wasn't, it didn't mm-hmm. go in depth. Uh, and like it didn't talk about all the horrible things that the American government and the American people did to the, to these people that didn't do anything to, uh, to, right. America or it, they were here, they were there first. Like, in fact, like, I, we don't even have to like get into this on the podcast, but um, the fact that they complied with um, with laws that Americans were making for them, and they're like, okay, like if we follow your rules, we can stay here, and they're like, yes, absolutely, and so they did. They're like, psych, psych. <laughs> um, and I, I don't want you to think that we're anti-America. I I, I do love our country, um, and that's why I recognize all the bad things that have happened, and I want. I want the good things. I want us to do good things. That's what I want. We have the power and the money to do good things, but we choose not to. Right. Um. So I hope anyone listening to this podcast did. I mean, I'm assuming with things I said that they didn't think I was uh, some conservative person because <laughs> I'm not. Right. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Because if you're from a different country or you grew up in a different country and uh, I would love to hear what you guys learned about in high school and stuff. Yeah, because uh, for all we know, this is like a, you know, how like every, you know, standard like middle school reads certain books. Like may, this might even be like a standard book that mm-hmm. that other countries like, read. Or something similar to yeah. that. Because um, that would be a good way to get a kid to understand what happened without being, you know, too... Um, you know, I don't want to say vulgar, but too graphic. like graphic um, with what happened, but while still implying the implications of what happened. So yeah, heavier book than we thought when we picked it up off the shelf, but still, I still think worth worth an episode. I mean, we read it; it was not <laughs> yeah. not horrible. It made me think more than a fucking Junie B. Jones book did. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I? How, how do we fucking joke about this book? I, we can't. I don't. The think only thing we can. we can do is bag on Ben. Bag on Ben. Like, yeah, this no, is a Ben, ben is hate shit. podcast. Yeah, we hate Ben. Ben needs to. I don't know. Get sick longer next time, I guess. Fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> Privileged ass Ben. Wasn't even sick, and his mom still kept him in school because he didn't want him to get sick from the rain. Fucking probably gets a name brand cereal too. Right? <laughs> you eat. <laughs> you eat cinnamon toast crunch and not toasty cinnamon squares. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben. <laughs> um, 
you know, he does that to Sig Hale. So, dude, seriously, fuck Ben. Like, yeah, bad, for, bad kid. Yeah, not um, cool. Uh, and usually that's like, uh, and not always, but sometimes that's a reflection of what he hears at home. So, who yeah. knows what Ben's coming from. So Yes. Um, either way, I think that's it. I give uh, this book, um, I'm going to say uh, five anti-Ben campaigns out of five. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I suggest that, like, if you want to read a chapter's book that's, you know, about World War II and doesn't glorify anything, uh, definitely <laughs> read this one. Um, I rarely am I speechless. Yeah, I don't even know how to end end this conversation. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I can try. Sure. Uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, follow us on Twitter at Riff K Pod? I think, yeah, Riff K Pod. I think that's what it is. Whatever. It's yeah. in the description. Click it. <laughs> um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, hell yeah. I'll read them off if they're five stars and I'll say how great you are if you do it. Yeah, right. Um, join our Discord. Our Discord is Grim Encounters, which is our flagship podcast, but there is an entire uh, section devoted for reading isn't for kids. I got a place for you guys to talk about what books you're reading. I got a place to suggest books for us or book series. Um, I have the entire list of books that have been suggested. Um, I have a place to just, um, uh, like it's for like what we're reading, a channel devoted to like what we're reading next. So it's like a live list. I'm updating as we go. So like if you're reading along, um, you can, uh, you don't have to obviously. Um, but you know, any place to talk there, like, I'm heavily active in the Discord. Uh, you know, I'm there to talk and chat. And sometimes on the weekends, I hop into one of the voice channels and listen to random music. And we I don't really talk, but we just kind of vibe. And I play video games and listen to random playlists. So uh, find us there. Um, uh, but yeah, so I don't fucking... That's fucking it. I mean, I have a Twitter, too. It's in the description. So so's Anna's. Uh, follow us there if you want. Um, the next book we're reading is uh, Fear Street Number 2, Surprise Party. Yes. And um, I'm hoping for more. <laughs> uh, something we can rag on. <laughs> our, our gush over. One of the two. Not something that I genuinely liked. <laughs> yeah. Not something. It's so difficult. I don't know. I think we did it right. I think we handled it well. Uh, but yeah, so if, if we learned anything is that Ben's bad, Hitler's bad. All right, so I'm going to read us a joke. I also, we, we found, uh, I found like three other joke books from the 90s and 80s. So uh, it won't always be rock and roll themed because this is one, 101 Rock and Roll Jokes and riddle, Riddles by Katie Hall and Lisa Eisenberg. Illustrated by Don Orheck. Orheck. <laughs> Uh, and this this uh, this joke comes straight off page eighty. Oh boy! In the sec in the section more rock and riddles, uh, and I want to read this to you. Uh, so uh, why is it always cold at rock concerts, Anna? I don't know why. Because of all the fans. Oh ew! Uh, Did you get it? I got it. Is it funny? It's because fa- fans are like a thing you turn on, and it like circulates the air in the room and kind of makes it colder. That's what a fan is. I'm leaving. Welcome to the podcast where I mansplain things. I'm leaving. (laughs) Uh, Either way, I want you to go 
and drink some water. I want you to get some sleep. I want you to wear your helmet. I want you to read a book. I want you to touch some fucking grass. Under grass.